appeared at the door to the office. Mrs. Brenda Savage, personal assistant to Dr. Gore, the chief education officer, stood framed in the doorway with the usual haughty expression on her carefully made-up face. She was dressed in a tailored grey tweed jacket, tight pencil skirt, cream silk blouse with filigree lace collar, black patent leather shoes, and, as was her wont, was garlanded in an assortment of expensive-looking jewellery. She looked, for the entire world, as if she were about to enter the set of one of those glamorous American soap operas. There was not a crease, not a hair out of place. She remained there, regarding us with a self-important expression on her face. "'May I help you, Mrs. Savage?' asked my colleague, staring over his spectacles. "'Mr. Pritchard,' she said slowly and deliberately, "'and giving him a decidedly chilly look. "'I had assumed that by this time "'the school inspectors would have relocated themselves "'to the office downstairs.' "'My dear Mrs. Savage,' said David calmly, "'I have no desire to be impolite, much less disobliging, "'but we are in the very process of moving.' "'Well, as far as I can see, Mr. Pritchard,' "'continued Mrs. Savage, surveying the room. "'You haven't got very far. "'It is now Friday, "'and you have to vacate these premises by today at the very latest, "'so that Mr. Reed and the social services team "'can move in at the beginning of next week. "'It's on my schedule here.' "'She tapped a scarlet painted fingernail on the clipboard "'she held in front of her. "'Mrs. Savage paused for a moment, waiting for a reply.' But when one was not forthcoming, she continued, her voice dripping with condescension. It appears to me that very little has been done. I am fully aware of what day it is and what needs to be done, Mrs. Savage, replied David, giving her a thin smile that conveyed little more than feigned interest. I will be out of here by the end of the day. You can be quite certain of that. Come Monday... The area of the office which at present I occupy will be as empty as the North York Moors in December. I did send a memorandum, Mrs. Savage persisted, stating quite clearly that it was imperative that the school inspector's office be cleared in good time so that Mr. Reed and the social services team are able to occupy it at the beginning of next week. "'Indeed you did, Mrs. Savage, and I read your memorandum with immense interest, "'as I always do when I receive one of your missives. "'I will vacate the office by the end of the day.' "'He replaced his glasses and returned to sorting through some papers on his desk. "'The CEO's personal assistant was as unrelenting as a starving bulldog with a juicy bone.' and remained at the door, standing stiff and straight, looking back at David with a stern expression. Since starting my job as a school inspector some four years before, I had found Mrs. Savage, as had my three colleagues, extremely prickly and sometimes downright objectionable. This dramatically good-looking widow of indeterminate age always immaculately turned out and dressed in the most expensive and elegant of outfits, sadly did not have a personality to match. She could be by turns rude and deferential, 
depending on the status and position of the person to whom she was talking. And it was patently clear she did not like talking to school inspectors, who she felt had far too much clout and influence. Her dislike of us was obvious, and she seemed to go out of her way to be the most irritating, ill-mannered and petty member of the education department. Mrs. Savage had a frightening reputation, an acid manner, and a penchant for burdening us with a snowstorm of memoranda on every conceivable subject. Getting no further response from David, she now turned her frosty eye in my direction and arched a carefully plucked eyebrow. Mr. Finn, Mrs. Savage, I said, may I have your assurance that this office will be cleared and available for Mr. Reed and the social services team by Monday morning.